This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye of the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where it is the Seahawks Week 10 News Roundup and Chat with Matty, that's me, and Ty. That's, that's Ty. me. <laughs> there we go. Ty's wearing a really nice Supersonics hat. Yeah. Not as nice as my one, but, you know, it's nice. Of course, of course. <laughs> not as nice as your Mariners hat. Not as nice as your uh, the Draft Starts a Mobile hat. Mm-hmm. Not as nice as any of those hats, no. No, no. no. I'm trying to be on my Matty no. F. Brown shit, though, you know? Yeah, 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 no. yeah. I mean, don't we all? Um, <laughs> so, not as much Seahawks news this week because the Seattle Seahawks are currently, they might actually be in the skies right now, or that seems cutting it fine a bit. I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling they left after Wednesday practice. But anyway, they're traveling to Munich, transatlantic flight. That obviously takes time. We had a weird truncated schedule where, we heard from the coordinators on Tuesday and Tuesday, maybe Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday. Obviously, we heard from Pete Carroll on Monday twice, but he didn't really share too much. And then we're going to hear from him, I think, Gino Smith and others on Thursday and Friday, but not the coordinators. So they've kind of flipped it around on its head. And because they're traveling, slightly less news. Are you excited for the first ever NFL Germany matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 45-year-old Tom Brady, and Mm -hmm. the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, I'm very excited to watch Tom Brady go up against actual Tom Brady uh, this weekend in Germany. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I feel bad for folks in Seattle. they got to wake up at 6.30 in the morning. But also, you know what, guys? Stop your complaining because Seahawks fans in Germany and the UK and Europe in general uh, also have to wake up at weird hours and stay up at weird hours to watch their favorite football team play. So you can do it for one week. Yes, exactly. And, you know, just because they're not from Seattle doesn't mean they don't matter. Mm, Exactly. Exactly. Like me right i'm not i don't live in seattle and i and i get to watch the game at 9 30 a.m which is a perfectly normal hour for me that will be uh, totally fine i remember when i went to go and see uh i saw the seahawks play the rams thursday night football i think it was 2016 with the Mm -hmm. debut the action green anyway because that was on a thursday i remember on the sunday waking up in bed uh in a hotel to football yeah that was so cool Right. Very, yeah. very weird experience because I'm always on the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm kind of fighting off the urge to go to sleep <laughs> while no. not trying not to think about bed at all because it's 4 a.m. and the Seahawks are playing in a primetime game or something. Yeah. And now you're doubling up on doing uh, podcasts immediately after said games as well. So that's yes. uh, and that podcasts adds even more require hours. espresso and mm. podcasts require energy. And podcasts require things which are not conducive to sleep. Well, Matty, sound like I do something illicit. I don't do something illicit. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Definitely not. We do not condone illegal activity here on the Seattle Overload podcast. If you are, yeah, well, Griff's not here to say that, so we'll have to ask Griff in the next episode. But uh, uh, Ty and I, right, right. Griff is legal. Is the legal department here on Seattle Overload? In case. Mm. uh, that wasn't made clear but uh yeah uh let's uh let's u-turn though real quick maddie uh i gotta i gotta i gotta fill in for griff a little bit here don't give me that look don't give me that look what are you talking about fill in for griff 
you were more into the U-turn than Griff at this point. Griff forgot about it. You're sick. You're sick. Both of you have got a sickness, but you, you need help. Listen, and I don't want to see any U-turning in the chat. I'm I'm trying to be a man of the people here, right? They they love it. The the U-turners love it. The U-turners down in the chat, they they love this. They love this bit. It will never get old. And I'm never going to let it die. U-turns cannot be killed, Maddie. They cannot. That's just simple fact. Now, don't Maddie. Try. Speaking of this podcast and your involvement in this podcast specifically, this is going to be a very special week here on Seattle Overload because you are in Germany right now. You are speaking to us from a uh, hotel room at an undisclosed location in somewhere in Germany. I can assume oh, that can, you're in Germany, I can give Germany, you my right? room number. That's fine. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, do it. Do it. Dox yourself right now on the show. <laughs> do it. You won't. You won't. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So you're going to be there uh, at the uh, practices. You're going to be at the game. Uh, tell us uh, what you're going to be doing. What, what are you planning on doing the next few days? Well, I'm very excited because the Seahawks have a practice tomorrow. Oh, that's Thursday, so you're probably mm-hmm. listening. So late day, and we get to go see that. At, and Bayern Munich, right, which is like the biggest soccer team in Germany. We were we were saying previously where we thought it would be tie um, off air, but what, you know where mm. we thought they train because when they come to England, uh, the, the teams end up going at rugby clubs because in- England has quite a big uh, r- rugby culture and rugby clubs tend to be of a high standard, but also they're not always needed. Whereas you can't really do it as English soccer team because they're always there. But Bayern Munich has this massive like training complex in the south of the city complete opposite ends to where the stadium is mm-hmm. and it is like Bayern Munich land <laughs> so, um that's cool um Mia San Mia um and uh that's what um that's what we'll be going for the Seahawks um practice which is on Thursday and then they have one of a uh, Friday daytime uh in local time <clears throat> excuse me and then uh, afterwards, I'll be watching the Buccaneers practice as well and getting to hopefully ask Tom Brady a question. So that'll be Ooh. interesting. But I don't know what. <laughs> what yeah, what are you going to ask Tom Brady? Does this Seahawks secondary remind you of the Legion of Boom? <laughs> Ooh, there, there you Is go. this like Super Bowl uh, 49 again? <laughs> How scared are you on a 1 to 10 scale of three quality? Yes. Are you going to throw at him? What's your game plan? Um, yeah. No, yeah, that's cool. And then obviously on Sunday, the game at the Allianz Arena, which, uh, as we've uh, mentioned, it's going to be a crazy early start. But yeah, excited to get to ask Pete Carroll a question, see the energy of a Seahawks practice, and uh, talk to the players as well. And yeah, I I do I should say thank you very much to the listeners because I mean, technically, I'm accredited via Stack, but I think the Seattle Overload podcast, and you know that is the thing that I post the Substack the most. Uh, that is a big thing. So thank you everyone for listening and the support. We obviously appreciate you. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm proud of you, Maddie, and you're going to represent us well. You better at least don't mess this up for us, because if you go down, you naturally take Griff and I down with you. I don't you know have- about that. You have you our lives. Like he's in a your rogue hands. agent. He's just a weird British boy. Mm. He, we didn't know. You're you're the host. You have the you have our lives in your hands. No, we're all hosts. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, technically, I'm a producer, though. Oh, we're gonna basically... whack the title out, huh? Yeah, just gonna just gonna whip out the title. Yep, yep. Right here. Place it. Place yep. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, right on, right on the table, right on. The yeah, table. on the I was, table. Gonna, I was, wow. I was gonna, I was gonna smack my table, but then I was like, "That's probably going to do something weird with my microphone, and I'm not going to risk that." Right. Yeah. Right. And as I'm, a producer, you obviously know how that's damaging. Exactly. 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 And so you know, I'm not going to compromise the integrity of the show, and instead, what I'm going to do, Maddie, is lead us naturally into our first real topic of the show transition oh you're gonna add that in in post-production 
No, but we're just gonna leave that all right. that exact thing. Okay, and cool. Yeah, cool, cool. yeah, because it was it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, Marquise Goodwin and Daryl Taylor both missed Sunday's game against the Cardinals. Yes. However, uh, they were seen at walkthroughs yesterday uh, and were participating. Uh, obviously, we don't have a, an official injury report just yet from the team. I uh, don't know who's practiced, who hasn't. Uh, but that would seem to be a good sign for this uh, the Seahawks team, especially because I feel offensively, they missed Marquise Goodwin a little bit, especially in that first half. Guys weren't really be able to get open. Um, and we've talked about uh, the... Um, chemistry that that goodwin and gino have built with one another and uh how goodwin's come through in some pretty big spots so how big would uh a return for for goodwin be uh this week for the seahawks offense going up against this bucks defense well we needed someone at the airport didn't we like spotting if they got on the plane oh, yeah right. it sounds like they're both close enough to you know have got on the plane even if they're you know, kind of like game time kind of decisions. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. got on the plane at SeaTac to Germany? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh Jones has changed his jersey number from 13. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Remember, remember when you were like, yeah, there's no 13 on the Seahawks. Yeah, on the Seahawks offense tie. I yeah, definitely said well, offense uh, tie. Right, right, yeah, right, a, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. The old caveat. You totally um, did not disrespect Josh Jones on the show. Totally. No, I, I again to reiterate, mm -hmm. I've been a big Josh Jones supporter relative to the rest of the the narrative around his game. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Goodwin. So Goodwin is a big big deal, I think, because obviously the Eskridge is still working his way into the offense, even though he's playing like like a wide receiver three with Goodwin absent. And Penny Hart only played one snap last week. So, you know, I know he was coming back from an injury, but like Eskridge has fully overtaken him. And at the start of the season, that was actually a bit of a question mark, right? But Goodwin is ahead of Eskridge and actually has had some production, you know? And I think it's big because he's trusted with like going deep and he's just trusted, right? So then when you take out a Metcalf or Lockett and spot them, a defense can't be like, well, it's probably not going to go to Eskridge. Uh, we should probably defend some of these tight ends. Like, having Goodwin out there is a huge deal to me. And mm -hmm. it's funny to say that because it didn't necessarily seem like that. I mean, what, he's 32, but he's still rapid. He had that unfortunate drop yep. through his hands where, I mean, if he's if he's playing a bit hurt, then this is the thing with football. If you're playing hurt, like, it's really hard to play hurt, like, Heck, I um <laughs> would say I've struggled to do laundry if I'm hurting somewhere. Mm. <laughs> uh, my laundry execution is not the best. Sometimes I'll fumble the laundry. Uh, so th you're juggling you know your cabbage. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. We don't know what yeah. different circumstances going got going on with players, but that that um passed through the hands of Goodwin was was a shame because his speed was so quick and he you know he got the guy beat. He just needed to catch the ball. He just lost it at the last minute. And, mm. I, you know, I'd, I'd say that's a momentary blip. And if he is back to being able to play again, that like, he's a viable, like, wide receiver three in the offense. That That's what everything we've seen, right? And and more importantly, the chemistry of Geno. Yeah, and, like, they, they need that right now, right? Because, like... Like you said, you know, the, the less attention you can take off the tight ends, all that stuff, that, that really helps. Uh, what about Daryl Taylor? Because this uh, this pass rush has been able to get to the quarterback uh, pretty well lately. Um, what does his uh, addition here do for the Seahawks? And, and what does that do for uh, Bruce Irvin's usage? Because he's really been the guy there uh, opposite Chenna. Daryl Taylor is such an odd one because he's obviously like quite a vocal leader and presence and Pete mentioned that growing last season, but he's basically become a pass rush specialist. Like he doesn't, he's not trusted to set the edge. Now, uh, it's probably a question that I should ask Pete Carroll, right? Like, is the new yeah. system impacting Taylor? Because they're still doing the same stuff. Like, if you're an outside linebacker or you're a defensive end, but you're the dude on the edge of the bare front, then you got to set the edge. Yeah. But and Clint Hurt said, as I had said uh, previously, 
Taylor can be as good as he wants to be. And mm-hmm. you hear them talking up Nwosu this week, saying all this really positive stuff about, you know, he's a, a true pro, you know, a lot of cliches and, and hurt himself, acknowledged it was coach talk. But like, he, you know, he works so hard. He understands the game. He's like full on 100%. And then you think, well, well then why is Taylor not doing that? And as good as he wants to be, well, maybe he's he's struggling a bit with the that side of it because it just doesn't make sense that he got... Like, setting the edge, okay, he may have slimmed down a bit to rush the passer and, and do some coverage drops because he's now an outside linebacker. And I think, rightly or wrongly, there's more of a, a inference that that means pass dropping, even though last year they were dropping their defensive ends a bit, as everyone knows, much to their chagrin. But, um, yeah, I don't understand how Taylor's now a passing down specialist. He's basically going to take uh, Joshua Onijuwogi off the on a Juogo off the field. Um You were close. That, so close. What 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 how do I Ona, pronounce? I, I think it's Onajogu. You 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 said Jogo and then jo, Jogui. Well the other thing is like American pronunciation isn't true. It's like it becomes Americanized, right? Which is fine. Right, like, it does. I, That's fine. But yeah. I'm not American, so thanks That's Ty true. for That's... thanks Ty for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Taylor's basically passing down dude, which doesn't, it shouldn't be the case. Yeah, so yeah. in terms of, you mentioned Bruce Irvin, Bruce will still do his thing because they don't trust Taylor to set an edge. They've shown us that with how they've rostered players, managed it. And you can give it the marketing of, oh, we're keeping him fresh for the passing down. We love him on passing downs. Well, yeah, but you know, Woshu's playing all the time because he's really good at everything. Taylor's not really good at everything. Now, can he be really mm-hmm. good at everything? Sure. But I think the only thing to explain it is, you know, what the two things. Maybe he's struggling with the new system, the new language. Maybe, you know, he's playing a bit hurt and that was impacting him. But also, is he being a pro pro? And we have no way of answering that. But right. we do have some results which indicate that perhaps, perhaps not. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And right now, you know, with what Bruce has been able to do, the the pass rush is looking the most efficient that it's looked all year. And he's been able to set the edge, play the run pretty well. He's taken that job from from Daryl Taylor, I think. Like, and so now, like you said, Taylor basically becomes a third down pass rush specialist. Well, Ty, and, they they tried this with Bam Johnson as well. Remember, yeah, he was the yeah. guy trusted to set the edge on early downs. Like they yeah. don't, they don't, they just trust. don't trust him. Yeah, they just don't trust Daryl. So, yeah, you know, I I, I wonder if that's just a, a physical regression that's happened over the last year, or if it's literally just like he's just not the guy, right? Like he's just not that guy, and he's not really being. You know, like you said, he's not really being a pro's pro about it either. So, yeah, it's a it's a really weird situation. But it's I don't know. I, like on Sunday, it didn't really feel like they missed Daryl Taylor because like Bruce has been so good in that role so far, and they're just firing on all cylinders right now. So, um, yeah, he's just kind of a guy that just fits into the stable at this point. So, in terms of the two guys that we talked about, like I, I feel like Goodwin adds a lot more to this team and benefits this team a lot more right now than than Taylor does. Did you say that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. I mean, the thing with Taylor is he still does have the, like when he when it all clicks and comes together on a rush, like he has his get off and then his ability to literally dip under a table and bend. Yeah, and that's rare. Like he has the yeah. rare traits, and so. You know, uh, someone in the comments, Cesar Castillo, said strip sack on Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, you could see that happening, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Taylor's the kind of guy who can make that happen. Yeah. His pass rush uh, repertoire hasn't been as great. It's, it's, it's uh, inhibited him a bit more this year as guys have realized, okay, well, we're going to get speed each time. What's your counter? And yeah. guys have set him a bit better. So, again, we're still sort of waiting for that all to come together. But then who's to say down the stretch that it doesn't? It's just an interesting yeah. one to monitor because, and then the other thing as well is like you know obviously he's technically in his third year, but as uh, Pete Carroll made uh, a concerted effort uh, to refer to, 
he they treated last year like it was Taylor's rookie year. Right. And so is this year his sophomore slump, his his second season down year? Because mm-hmm. that that that's supposedly a thing, right? Right. And I think when we talk about pass rush and perhaps, you know, uh, tackles are being a bit smarter about how they play him and, and asking him more for the counter, then that is kind of a being worked out, isn't it? Right. And well, also, you know, talking about uh, Castillo, uh, Cesar Castillo here, who said the strip sack on Tom Brady thing. It's like, yeah, that can happen. But also, how many opportunities is he going to get to try and do that? Right. Like, yeah, he's got the the talent for it. But right now, considering how limited he is and how limited, therefore, his role is going to be, those opportunities are going to be few and far between. So is he going to be able to get into a rhythm and be able to make an impact that way? You know what I mean? Yeah. What's nice is um, obviously the defensive improvement means that Seattle and the offense still being good means Seattle has been up by like double scores, two point uh, two score leads. Uh, entering the fourth quarter of games, and that's why the pass rush has really been up to tee off. That's why the sack numbers have been so high in recent weeks. But then you still have like Nuosu's obviously going to be out there, and then on the other edge, Irving was getting like legit snaps and doing like some stuff, yeah, commanding chip pass protection. He was enough yeah. of a threat in that sense. So he's Taylor's still going to be com- competing for those. So while his opportunities is on it would be high. He suddenly has, you know, like this thirty-five-year-old Bruce Irvin who's ready to, ready to rumble off the edge. And um, Josh was uh, showing some activity and hustle, even though I think Taylor's presence, if he is able to go, probably would mean uh, Josh was inactive. Yeah. All right. So, um, <laughs> do do you want to talk about the Geno thing? Or do you want to talk about? Oh risk yeah, let's gate? do that. Let's do that. Let's okay, do that. All right, so all right, let's talk about Gino. So tomorrow, Ty, I'm going to go to this big tower and see mm. if Gino Smith has actually been uh, painted, superimposed onto the tower. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, I have seen that. I I thought yeah. it was fake at first, but it it kind of looks real. Like it looks like they actually did that. Is it real? I'm going to tell you. I'm I'm the the truther. I'm going to right. have my frustuk. Mm-hmm. Uh, munch on that, and then head out and find this TV tower. <laughs> and your and your vice first, and your uh, oh your yeah, pretzel, my vice your first. Side of pretzel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your side of pretzel, which you hate. I'm not having pretzel. Pretzel's trash. Been over this. We've been over this. Here's Matthew. the thing as well about the pretzel. There, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of you. Like, you can tell this. The German ones are really quality, right? Like, they're big. They're fat. It's proper bread. Like. It is uh, it's moist, um, <laughs> big fat and moist, and slightly salty, but uh-huh. well, actually very salty, but just trash. Like it's just not good. Like it, it tastes rubbish. Just have bread. But like when it's really warm and there's like a good amount of salt, I'm talking about like the middle ground, right? Right, where there's like it's not too salty, but it's also like there is hardly any salt. There's like three little specks of salt on it. Like what? When what's it's the, in between. What's, What's the taste? There's like a taste to them. Like what? What's the flour? What do they use? What's what is this? I don't. I don't. I don't know. It, it to me, it's kind of got like a, not necessarily like a, a brioche bun feel, but like it, it's it's somewhere in that that range that that family. I'm not a bread expert. We need to ask uh, the the bread reporter on on Twitter. Washing what, what soda his, what his or lye treatment gives pretzels their traditional skin and flavor. Okay. Yeah, the gla the like the glaze element is just garbage. You don't like the glaze element. I like the glaze element. Don't get me wrong, I love a good glazing. Yeah. But pretzels. <laughs> nah, it's just wrong. It just tastes weird. There's a reason they're served with beer. Because one, obviously the salt makes you more thirsty. But two, because everyone's mm. washing that the rubbish down. They're like, oh, I don't like this. Man, beer and a pretzel at a baseball game or a movie theater. Just, yeah, a baseball I, game. That says a lot, Ty. It, it hits. It hits. I'm just saying it hits. I'm just saying okay. it hits. All right, all right, all right. Gino, 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 Gino. Let's Gino. So U-turn I'm gonna go, back to I'm Gino. Gonna the, I'm going to see the tower. I'm going to have mm-hmm. my vice first. I'm not going to have pretzel. And then uh, also Gino has been active on social media. 
uh, well, he 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 uh, he clapped back at a reporter. That was mm-hmm. good. It happened to me too. Although I think I've been very positive about Gino, so it was unfortunate that happened. But such is Twitter. Everything's without context. Oh yeah, um, that's that's right. I forgot that Gino quote tweeted you or responded to you. I was just trying to cope with Russell Wilson. Gino was like, oh, oh well. <laughs> Put it in the Louvre. I, I got maybe, maybe when maybe when Gino sees you tomorrow, he's gonna call you out. He, he might. He might. He might yeah. just play. Not this prick. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, heck, I'd think that. Um. So. By the way, how how much are you going to be looking out for play sheets the next two days? No, I'm, I'm not allowed to. You can't do that, Ty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. No, you can't. You Ty, you can't do that. Of course, of course. You can't yeah, do that. Yeah, no, no, that's illegal. That's illegal. That would oh, be so illegal. No, my eyes are like, I think I need to go to opticians because like things are really long away, are blurry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're nearsighted like me. No, we're not the same. We are not mm-hmm. the same. <laughs> we're built the same. We're built the same. We're, we're the um, exact same. Okay, so this is so actually any- a fight club situation. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> You are in Munich. Um, yeah, I was in so, Munich this whole time. Oh wow! Um, mm-hmm. So, do you know? Also, a uh, uh, rapper and also a mm. former NFL wide receiver who is one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen in the NFL. And if uh, certain circumstances hadn't played out, would have been a Hall of Fame player. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. Uh, did some uh he 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 wrote some bars on twitter didn't he ty yeah yeah he wrote to uh to gino on twitter here let me bring it up actually so we can read this actually i i think this is a, a message that i can't read out loud let's just say that he uh <laughs> on the show so let's <laughs> let's uh let's just uh say that he uh he shouted out gino and then gino responded my brother from another with an exclamation point mm. and there you go make of that what you will gino ab said shout shout out to my guy gino but he didn't say guy i make movie yeah. quentin tarantino balling harder than any guy we know any this guy is throwback to dan marino which i mean gino does kind of play like dan marino both legendary from the pocket mm-hmm so they're 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 uh they're homies i guess <laughs> so that sucks <laughs> depending on how you feel about antonio brown uh i'll be very open about how i feel about antonio brown uh he currently has a picture of kyrie irving as his, as his there you go that that perfectly encapsulates how i feel about <laughs> antonio brown at the moment <laughs> But without getting too far down that rabbit hole, I thought mm. we would uh, talk a little bit about Antonio Brown as a Seahawk, because that's obviously going to come up. This has already come up with Gino and AB talking to one another. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, C- Cesar Castillo <laughs> in the uh, chat making me laugh there. Uh, also, yeah, I don't know if you saw Cable Thanos, Josh Kassman's, uh response to uh, Gino uh it's no. it's pretty great it's there's a there's a meme underneath gino's reply from uh oh a good buddy josh <laughs> so antonio brown as a player yeah and obviously to play football you have to be um present yep um, and uh out of trouble know, yeah we know how it ended in tampa bay we know how it ended in pittsburgh we know how it ended in Las Vegas. That was a thing, right? He was on the Raiders. Yeah, yeah he was on the Raiders. The Oakland Raiders still. Yep. Or were they just in Las Vegas? Anyway. No, 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 it was still in Oakland. A thing. So, yeah. There's a lot that's happened player, with Antonio though, Brown. I don't blame you for losing track. Yeah. But as a player, he is a great a great player like i said future hall of yep. fame player coming into the offense he could basically complement tyler lockett's root tree um mm-hmm. he'd be an unbelievable addition 
And it's funny because obviously he was linked with Seattle. There was all that talk that um, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson wanted him on the Seahawks. Have I got that yep. correct? Yeah, because yeah, they they're actually like cool with one another. I think they've worked out together in the in the off season and all that. So there you go, there you go. So now I don't. I think it says a lot that I think if we'd done this a year ago, if we'd had this conversation a year ago, I think a lot of people in well, not a lot of people, but I think we'd have had one or two comments in the chat going, "Yeah, sign a sign a B," but. <laughs> since that point there's um there's been more stuff and i yep. just don't think it's a good idea and i i, I agree with what uh cesar castillo says where he would definitely derail the narrative of the seahawks yes he would because yeah, they're obviously would. a very feel-good team right now and to do that would just uh it would shatter that it would a lot of people would lose faith in in everything and just there's no no reason to do it uh we have no actual idea that um <laughs> they were thinking of doing it it's just this tweet so we're basically podcasting yeah no we are podcasting we're podcasting our socks off right now uh mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's where the buck stops for me as well is that it would derail every little piece of goodwill the the seahawks have built up for themselves over the last few months right like you know they're they're playing such great ball right now it's a entirely you know feel good story all these guys all these rookies pete's redemption all this stuff and then you just distract from all of that with look there are a lot of football players that i'm sure are not great human beings that we don't know about but we do know about this one he's not a great person and so I, I don't know about involving uh, in, or rather integrating someone like that into this locker room right now. It just seems like an unnecessary. I don't mean to use the bud, buzzword, but I'm going to. It seems like an unnecessary distraction. It really yes. does. An yeah. actual unnecessary distraction. Yeah. Um, And obviously we're pretty positive on Marquis Goodwin. Literally just yeah. spent the first part of the podcast talking about how Goodwin's good. Um, yeah, and there so is still like if, hope for Diaskridge, like yeah, and like if you're gonna sign someone from the outside, I'd much rather it be Odell, right? And I think everyone yes. can can agree with that at this point. And I think, I mean, both that their peaks were unbelievable, but yeah, I think Odell is a better uh, complement to the other two uh, top receivers. Yeah. And like stylistically, it works a bit better. But yeah. And, and Brown's not washed, right? Like he looked good in Tampa when he was healthy. But, mm. you know, it's <laughs> it's not about. Well, his you'd also ability. have to you'd, you'd have to work out how that all like and what's his contract with them. How does that work if he was. Right, yeah. That's so, yeah. Yeah, so the the whole situation, it's just too complicated. Who knows if he's even in football shape right now? Like, there's so much stuff. He's a rapper. As his tweet um, shows, he's a a hip hop maestro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> enough of that. But we did want to acknowledge that because uh, seeing Gino uh, refer to that uh, person as his brother uh, was, I'll just say it, concerning. A little, little concerning. Didn't didn't appreciate seeing that on my timeline last night. You know, not, not well. We not all great. we all it's obviously we don't know the whole story, but and uh, we we all have. Uh, we all we all know complicated people but it, mm-hmm. yes it was it was a bit weird but then also sports stars you can they're very fun on the field but we don't know them we don't know what goes on yeah. in their lives it's the weird thing with sports fandom and and all yeah. all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah all right so uh lastly wristband gate you know about this Matty? you know what's going on with well, uh, wristband was... gate I was flying uh, or traveling and working during this period. So I am 
I'm in the dark about wristband gate. It sounds dramatic. It sounds like I need to know. Please fill yeah. me in. So yesterday, Shane Waldron had his press conference and mm. uh, was asked by a reporter if he felt that um, Gino wearing a coach's wristband on his left wrist helps with things, having having the plays on his wrist, having those available there. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but Waldron basically said, yeah, it does. And from past yeah. experiences with uh, having to get calls in and not having to reiterate the calls, we felt that it was the best choice for us this offseason. We talked about it with the quarterbacks this offseason, and we felt that it was best for us for the quarterbacks to wear a wristband when they play. Yeah. And we should say, Ty, that uh, Waldron was asked that question because the, the interview I did hear was Pete Carroll on uh, – uh, Seattle Sports, Brock and Sulk, he said that Gino uh, reading plays off a wristband has helped smooth out his pre-snap process and efficiency. And he said there was a resistance to that. We never did that before. Right. Implying that Russell Wilson didn't. Yeah, and so... Uh... So, so, so how has it become wristband gate? Well, because... Russ did use the wristband for for a time. At times, he used it in his mm-hmm. rookie year, and I I would know this because I'm a sicko and actually pay attention to uh, players' equipment for some reason. Um, but Russ uh, would after his rookie year, he occasionally wore the wristband. He wore it in 2014. He famously wore it in the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl 49. Uh, he wore it a couple of other times here and there. Once, like in Washington, there was a couple of stretches. Like he he would do it where he would wear it for about like three weeks and then go away from it again. Just wear the double like regular wristbands, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had worn it, so the complete resistance thing is a little weird because he was open to wearing it. Uh, I don't know if that was like maybe in those situations, just kind of a trial run. And then he said like, Oh, I don't like it. I mean, I'm not going to do this, whatever. Or uh, he wanted he, to, he wanted to look, he wanted to try, try and do it without it to look good. I don't know. It doesn't really yeah. make sense. Cause like Tom Brady wears a wristband, Peyton Manning wears, a, well, wore a wristband. Like it doesn't, yeah, like, like there's obviously details that we're missing because it's passed for the, through multiple press conference quotes. Yeah, so Russ clapped back today because he was asked about it and said that you know I won a lot of games without having to wear a wristband. I don't see what the big deal about that is. So, mm. so that's kind of oh, so it's nothing in Denver. And yeah. I, I noticed, um, I noticed that Denver reporters have picked up that Wilson wore a wristband against the Jags and hadn't previously and he's now wearing a wristband in practice so yeah yeah so that so that was the the other aspect of it um but yeah you know it's just it's it's interesting like it, it gives you a little bit of a like especially Waldron's comments yesterday gives you kind of a little peek as to maybe some of the things that frustrated Waldron working with Russ and yeah. that you know he was having to repeat calls, and maybe that's what led to some of the uh, play clock issues that they had last year as well. Um, so on the play clock issues, I yeah. think it's probably definitely well, probably definitely. I think it's definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. But Russ is always trying to see the whole picture at the snap, and so he really isn't. He often drains down the play clock. Mm-hmm to uh to you know see the whole defensive picture and sometimes it's to a fault so i think that's always you know you got to add that detail in there but year one of a new offense like uh, having a wristband would probably have helped to adapt yeah they tried to sort of blend the language together but there's still you know new language new plays and i think the wristband also allows you to have your wordy play call and then another wordy play call next to it for your check. And for a guy to read all that out, that's a lot of remembering. I I do definitely think it's a thing. It's just, we don't really know why that is an image thing. Like the Russ pushed back on it. Like he didn't want to look like a rookie. Like we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, Because it is a rookie thing, right? Like all the rookie quarterbacks wear it. I I can't remember the last time I saw a rookie quarterback in his rookie year, not wearing a coach's wristband. 
Yeah, but then, like I said, like <laughs> Brady, <laughs> Brady yeah, wears Brady, a wristband still. Brady wears it. Josh Allen wears it. Gina uh, Smith wears it. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> wears it. Josh, yeah. uh, Justin uh, Herbert wears it. Like all these guys, like all the top quarterbacks in the league wear it. Jalen Hurts right now, I think he still wears it. Like it's not <laughs> like like it, it's you know it, it helps right because again it's like all right you know if you only get part of the play in your headset or like you miss one part of it or whatever you can look it up on your on your wristband you don't need because like Waldron was talking about having to regurgitate the whole play call you know again and again and it's like so you can avoid that and that cuts down on time and yeah. it also um, you know and it just also apparently, just helps with with the with play calling in general. Russell apparently laughed when he was asked about it. Yeah, and and then retorted that he'd won a lot of football games, which yeah. I mean he has quarterback wins. Yeah, yeah, quarterback wins yeah. the most important stat in football, of course, as we all know. But it'll be really uh, interesting going forward if, like, you know, some of his issues against middle field open defenses magically fix themselves because of a wristband yeah. i doubt it but yeah heck if, if that's what it takes then there we go good for us i mean he he's played some of his best football wearing a coach's wristband obviously so <laughs> there you go he has yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so there really isn't anything else that's going on this is a pretty boring week in terms of news and all that, um, tomorrow we got the uh, the tape review coming. That's coming at the uh, original time um, that we usually do, right? Yeah, like we're still planning on doing that at that time. Yeah, so I'm going to be. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we'll have that going on tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk more about this uh, this Bucks game tomorrow, but. Uh, I think we should wrap up here with, uh, I mean, what do you think this does for the Seahawks? If they win the this game, they, yeah, the wristband. Yeah. Yeah. But if they, uh, if they beat the Bucks, go seven and three heading into the bye with that Raiders Rams Panthers stretch, like what does that do for this team ceiling? Is it at that point, like their favorites to, to win the division? Are you on board yeah. with that at that point? Well, then it's five wins in a row. And yeah. like you said, the schedule's pretty friendly looking. By the way, uh, Matt Stafford in concussion protocol right now. Yeah, yeah. From the actual Adam Schefter. So the not at Adam Schefter, not in all caps, not. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And then you know you just stack wins on wins on wins, and you know imagine having home field advantage and especially with this crowd right like we've talked about how it's how it's changed a little bit you know with the crowd yeah, what hurt them in, in that, era. that weird rams game against uh oh Wolford. what was the quarterback wolford yeah, yeah <laughs> how did yeah. they lose the off the offense the seahawks offense <laughs> and then and then and then jared there. goff with like one working hand <laughs> oh uh, but like as a COVID year, if they'd had a crowd, obviously that helps. Like the home yeah. field advantage wasn't as big a deal, and the home field advantage right now, like you said, Ty is actually a thing. Like, yeah, combined with being up into the fourth quarter, they're just they know because of the crowd noise what side the protection's sliding to. They know how when the snaps come in, they can get off the ball fast. Like they yeah. can just take over games. Yeah, like so, the, yeah. This team right now, the way that they're playing, they deserve a home playoff game. Like, be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun, especially with the way this defense is playing. If they can keep that going, this like... is a big game. This is a big game because, like, the the Buccaneers are four and five, mm-hmm. and like, are they for real? Are they not for real? And this is kind like, of a different style of quarterback that they're facing. You know, in a this really good now, one. now that now that they've changed things or they've reverted back rather like it's going to be uh it's it's, it's going to be a really good test for them especially with the the receiving talent that, that that tampa bay has uh the solid run game um yeah if they put together a complete game against this team yeah then i'm say, i'm bullish at saying they they uh reach in a, a championship game yeah 
Yeah, because I mean, just who's who's stopping them? Like, what team in the, the NFC are so you? Bad. Yeah, like what team in the like even the Eagles and the Vikings right now? I don't fear them. Like, the Vikings have legitimate offensive line issues, and their defense. The Vikings is just whatever. aren't. The Vikings aren't real. I don't think. Yeah. But the, the Eagles are. But well, but the Eagles have only beaten like one good team, right? In the in the time that they beat the Cowboys, it was Cooper Rush at quarterback. Like, what what good teams did the Seahawks beat? Depends on what you classify as a good team. Do you think the Chargers ah, are a good team? Mm, do you think not they, really. does it does it fit my narrative? <laughs> does it fit my narrative? Mm. I mean, that's true. No, that's, that's a good point. But the NFC is trash. The NFC is trash that's in general. Yeah, that's so that's that's and that's the issue, right? It's like and we look don't at their really schedule. Know. Like all of their team, all the teams are playing are bad, other than the Kansas City. And I mean, the 49ers defense is real, but. Yeah, we still don't really know. Like, and also, like, are the 49ers going to be able to stay healthy? Ah, Giants are a good team. The Giants are a good team. Yeah. Although, although are they? Or are they? Are they mm-hmm. really? Mm. I mean, they were playing without Kinda. like half. They were playing without like half of their offensive line and their three like top three receivers. So, no, I don't want to hear this. This is just enough. Enough. Look, you know what? We'll we'll take it. No, no, no. We create our own rules here. It's our show. The Giants yeah. are a good team, and screw it. We'll say the Chargers are also a good team. Great and, team. Yeah, great team. And the Seahawks uh, are yeah clearly the the best team in the NFC. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You know, we'll see uh, when we get to January. But there really isn't a team right now that I'm like that. There's like there's no way the Seahawks are getting to the Super Bowl because they're going to face that team on the way there. And so I don't know. Sky's the limit, I guess. <laughs> right. There we go. Yeah. To the moon. To the moon. To the moon. Diamond hands. All that. Yeah. That's a throwback. Diamond hands. That hasn't that hasn't been relevant in like two years. <laughs> it's still you've made it relevant again. Yeah. I'm bringing it back. Okay, any questions, people? Beat the Ravens, or are the Ravens a good team? I mean, yeah, the Ravens mm, are pretty... Kind of. Everyone's kind of bad. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Ooh. like, even the Chiefs. Even the Chiefs are not particularly good. Like, the Bills might be without Josh Allen. He might have to have Tommy John surgery. Like, Oh, yeah, that is... Like, obviously, Seattle doesn't play Buffalo, but um, unless Buffalo make it to the Super Bowl, but, like, yeah. when you saw that news, it's obviously injuries suck, but you're like, well, that's one less team that looks like a clear Super Bowl contender if because if, they look like a class apart. I've, I mean, that last game against the Jets, they had a really... Allen had a bad game, but Who's with him out... Case Keenum? It's Case Keenum. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not Josh Allen, is it? So. Yeah. So now it's like the Chiefs I mean, who are weird. Look like the they play- missed Tyreek. Playoff case, though. Playoff case. <laughs> the Case Keenum, Geno Smith Super Bowl. Let's go. <laughs> there we go. I think Cowboys are real. Yeah, Cowboys are probably real. Uh, that defense is really good. Also, Dan Quinn, love you, love Dan Quinn. Um, come home, yeah. DQ. <laughs> yeah, come home, DQ. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, any worry we lose Shane Waldron for a head coaching spot in the off season? Yeah, I think the way that we're yes, going, yes, yes, yeah, 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 the the way that we're yeah. going, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because like, <laughs> yeah, because like, I mean, like, just think about it. Like, the narrative from the outside is like two rookie tackles he revived geno smith all this stuff like dude and he's a mcveigh guy on top of that yeah he knows he's sean mcveigh he, he knows sean sean. oh man yeah but um, maybe he replaces answer- sean mcveigh after sean mcveigh retires at the end of the year boom there, Ooh. there we go there we go. come back home he's we aren't starting a past podcast and I said on that podcast that he, uh, the only thing which would stop it is if he's just like really boring and like not not charismatic in the interview. Like, or if the Seahawks make it to the Super Bowl and he just runs out of time to accept the job. 
Yeah, there we go. That's the solution. Yeah. Win a Super Bowl. Win a Super Bowl. Win a Super Bowl, then promise both Waldron and Hurt that they can be the head coach in like <laughs> seven years' time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then just have them fight. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Death match between uh, Clint Hurt and Shane Waldron. I don't know, man. Yeah, Some think... tells me that Clint Hurt would probably yeah. win that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Waldron would need uh, Andy Dixon to come in. Ooh, that's true. All right, so tag team match. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dickerson and Shane Waldron versus Clint Hurt, who's basically like Sean two people. Desai? In anyway. Oh, Sean, Sean Desai. Okay, Sean oh, Desai. He's getting, he's getting battered. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. I'm a, I'm a small dude too. Like We all, we, we know what's going on. He'd be you, like you, around the ankles. Yeah, you should handy. definitely tell them about this when you go to practice tomorrow. Yeah, who would win in a tag team match yeah. out of the coaching staff? <laughs> I mean, everyone's going to say Clint Hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Man's no one even, ball. no one even comes close. I guess Aaron Curry, <laughs> like that would probably be the closest. Yeah, yeah. although special teams. I mean, Larry Izzo looks like he, he like would he's, be damaged. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's done some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's been around the block. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Larry Izzo wins. There we go. Well, he has the best chance against Clint Hurt. <clears throat> okay. Well, is that us done, Ty? Yeah. All right. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the. The tape overload where I'll be getting up at 3.30 my time. Woo. Woo, boy. <laughs> so stoked. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, no, it'll be a good tape review. I, I'm looking forward to talking about how the Seahawks beat the Cardinals again, completed the sweep. Please do follow Ty on Twitter at Dane Gunzer's. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew F. Brown. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Seattle Overload, where you'll get notified of stuff. And yeah, like the video if you're watching now. We appreciate you all tuning in live. If you're listening, please do give us a five-star review. Download the podcast. And everyone, tell a friend, tell a relative, tell your arch nemesis Mm -hmm. that the Seattle Overload podcast is talking about the Seahawks three times a week. And we're kind of nerdy, but um, also kind of cool. 